Hello friends, this is Pastor Steve. Welcome to the Truckers Following Christ podcast. Uh, I hope that you have been enjoying the teaching so far. Uh, I'd like to continue with taking a look at the time frames in the end time calendar of God. Uh, now, God is a God of order. He has very specific time frames that he has told us about in Scripture. He's given us an outline of what he's going to do. And uh, he is very structured and very orderly in what he wants to accomplish and how he's going to do it. So he does not want us to be ignorant of that. He wants us to be informed and to be prepared. So I've spent quite a bit of time looking at uh, what we've been calling the birth pains, or rather what scripture calls the birth pains, which are the events leading up to the last seven years of the prophetic calendar. Now, uh, we will talk in more detail about the, uh, the whole seven years and what, uh, what happens during that time. Uh, Revelation gives a lot of insight into that, as well as the book of Daniel. And we're going to be studying through the book of Daniel uh, in the next coming weeks. But before we do that, I want to finish out the basic overview of the end time process, what, what God is going to be accomplishing. So like I said, birth pains is what we've looked at, uh, which is that first time frame. I believe we are in that time frame now, and we are looking towards the start of what is called the tribulation. Now that is the final seven years of history, natural history, before Christ comes again to set up his thousand-year reign. Now, the second time frame, so after the birth pains have accomplished what they are doing, they're preparing the world for the second time frame. The second time frame is what the Bible calls counterfeit world peace. Uh, let me pull up Matthew 24 here in my Bible. Um, we've been looking at that in particular. We looked through the first eight verses, and verse 8 says, all these are the beginning of sorrows. So what he's mentioned beforehand, the, uh, the wars, rumors of wars, uh, the nation rising against nation, kingdom against kingdom, famines, pestilences, earthquakes, all those things and, and more, uh, those are the beginning of sorrows or the beginning of birth pains. Verse 9, it says, Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. And verse 15 starts then talking about the third time frame. So before we get into that, I want to look at the second time frame, this idea of a counterfeit uh, world peace. 
in First Thessalonians, let me hop over there. First Thessalonians, chapter five, and uh, verse number three. Uh, For when they say peace and safety then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman and they shall not escape but you brethren are not in darkness so that this day should overtake you as a thief uh, i want to back up to to verse in fact i'll just read verse one starting in uh, chapter five and two because a lot of people use verse 2 as a reason as to why we do not know when Jesus is coming again. Now it says, but concerning the times, this is verse 1, chapter 5 of 1 Thessalonians, but concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. Uh, Why would Paul say that? Well, actually, Paul spent most of his time teaching the Thessalonian church about the end times. It's fascinating to me that he, uh, in the book of Acts, is recorded he basically only had three weekends that he spent physically with them in Thessalonica, and he spent most of his time teaching them about the end times. So they were well familiar with the subject matter. And in verse 2, he says, For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them. So uh, he likens the coming of Jesus uh, and actually the coming of the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord is uh, that whole seven year time frame. There's the broad day of the Lord and the narrow day of the Lord. And it's it's looking at that whole last seven years of what is happening. And then the second coming of Christ at the end of that. Uh, so verse four, I want to reiterate again. It says, but you, brethren, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. So we are not in darkness. We don't have to be uh, blind to what God has told us in his word as to the circumstances surrounding his coming and even the time frame of uh, once, once the calendar starts, once that last seven years start, we know exactly that Jesus is coming again at the seventh trumpet. So we are not in darkness that this day should overtake us as a thief. Uh, In fact, verse 5 then says, You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. 
Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another just as you also are doing. So a great passage of scripture. He's giving encouragement and reminding the Thessalonian church of the things that he taught. Uh, another, this verse 9 that I just read, for God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation. A lot of people use that verse as a reason to say why uh, God will use the pre-tribulational rapture, the rapture of the church, because God is pouring out his wrath on uh, wickedness and driving evil off the planet uh, during that tribulation time. And so people say, well, we're not appointed to wrath, so obviously we're not going to be here. Well, here's what scripture says is, for God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. So it's talking about salvation. It's not talking about escaping uh, the planet. So I mentioned to you in the last time, uh, the last podcast, that the story of Exodus is a great parallel study to the end times because Moses was the one that was commissioned by God to release the judgments on Pharaoh and his kingdom and to end those judgments. So I believe the church is going to be here during the tribulation, partnering with the heart of God to release the judgments. We will be a praying church, partnering with the heart of God in unity. I remind you of Ephesians chapter 4, where it talks about the unity that is on the heart of God that he desires for the church. And that's why he's given the apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers to bring us into unity and to mature us into the fullness of Christ. So uh, those were some bunny trails again, like I like to do. But uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, uh, chapter uh, chapter 5, verse 3, gives that uh, context title for the second time frame, the counterfeit world and peace. So they will say, the people of the world will say, peace and safety. Then sudden destruction comes upon them. So it's a, it's a false peace and safety that they are embracing. Now, um, the what's happening here is when the seven years start, there is an event that starts this that we can be looking for uh, as that start to uh, the seven-year period. And in order to find out what that event is, we need to go to the book of Daniel. Book of Daniel chapter 9 gives a lot of insight into that. Uh, talks about the whole time frame of uh, God's, God's prophetic calendar, how many years he has ordained for the various parts of that. And so uh, if we go to chapter 9, the book of Daniel in the Old Testament, uh, you can look at, starting with verse 24, it says, 70 weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city to finish the transgression. Now, uh, weeks in uh, the context here, uh, when, when we use the term week in our English language, we automatically think of seven days. Uh, a week in Hebrew could either be seven days or it could be seven years. So there, there are weeks of days or weeks of years. 
In this context, it's obvious talking about years and not days. So 70 weeks of years are determined for your people and for your holy city. And here's the reason he says why those are determined. It says to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. So what is God's plan in his prophetic calendar, what he's doing? He is bringing an end to transgressions, an end to sins. He is bringing reconciliation between God and man. He is bringing in everlasting righteousness. He is bringing an end to vision and prophecy or a a completion, a sealing up of vision and prophecy because he will ultimately be with us, physically present with us and to anoint the most holy. Jesus is gonna be anointed as the king of the universe. Uh, He will reign with all power, all authority. So these 70 weeks um, uh, explains in verse 25 a little bit more. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah, the Prince, there shall be seven weeks and 62 weeks. The street shall be built again, and the wall, even in troublesome times. So this correlates to um, what we will see in other books of the Old Testament, uh, Ezra, Nehemiah, uh, and uh, Jeremiah uh, prophesies the end of the captivity in Babylon, the 70 years of being in exile. Daniel lives during that time frame. He starts praying for um, God to allow the people to return. In fact, that's the whole first part of chapter 9 of the book of Daniel is his prayer, repenting and saying, God, 70 years have happened in the land of Babylon. Jeremiah prophesied that the exile would be for 70 years. It's time for you to allow your people to go back. So uh, the Persians, the Medes and Persians take over and uh, this remarkably gets fulfilled um, as as we look at what unfolds in Israel's history. So uh, it says there should be seven weeks, that's 49 years and 62 weeks, which is 434 years. And what happens in those timeframes? We have Ezra and Nehemiah, uh, the building of the temple and the restoring of the walls of Jerusalem in that first time frame. And then the second time frame is that 434 years, which is leading up to the uh, Messiah. Verse 26 gives us that insight. It says, and after the 62 weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. So this is Jesus going to the cross at the end of that uh, 62 weeks of years. So the 434 years after the temple was rebuilt and the walls were restored. Uh, So uh, he was cut off. He was crucified, but not for himself. He died for us. 
He covers our sins. He went to the cross for our sins to cover us and to restore us into relationship with God, that reconciliation that God is doing. Uh, also, just briefly want to back up so I don't forget. Um, the 70 weeks are determined, as I said, uh, the first thing listed is to finish the transgression. Uh, if you back up a chapter to Daniel 8, verse 23 gives more insight into that. And in the latter time of their kingdom, it says, when the transgressors have reached their fullness, a king shall arise. And we'll talk about that king in just a minute. It's not Jesus. <laughs> it's the guy that we know as the Antichrist. Uh, but the point I want to make here is when the transgressors have reached their fullness, sin transgression in general is going to reach its fullest expression during the time of the end. Uh, people like to think that uh, things are going to get back to, quote, normal, unquote. Uh, it is just going to get more intense and worse as far as the expression of sin is concerned transgression is going to reach its fullness. This is a concept in scripture that God uh, uh, is very clear about. God is a just judge. He is 100% holy, 100% righteous, 100% loving. He's all the character traits that we know in scripture about God. He is that to the fullest. So as a just and righteous and holy and loving judge, he allows the expression of sin to come to its fullness before he has to judge in enti its ent entirety. Uh, a great example that we have of how that worked is back in Genesis when God is telling Abram uh, what he is going to do in regards to the descendants of Abram. Uh, he tells them uh, in chapter 15 of Genesis, uh, he said, uh, chapter 15, verse 13, Genesis, Then he, God, said to Abram, Know certainly, that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs. So we know that they uh, ended up going to Egypt. So they were strangers in the land that was not theirs. And will serve them, and they will afflict them 400 years. So God is prophesying to Abram that for 400 years, the people of Israel, the descendants of Abram, are going to be uh, strangers in a land. They're going to be uh, in exile. Verse 14 says, And also the nation whom they serve I will judge. Afterward they shall come out with great possessions. So we know that's that's what happened in the book of Exodus. Exodus. Verse 15, Now as for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace, and you shall be buried at a good old age. But in the fourth generation they shall return here, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. That's an important point there. The reason that Abram's descendants 
were not allowed to possess the land that God had given them in his promise is because the Amorites had not yet come to the fullness of iniquity. They, God knew that they were going to continue in their sin, and he knew that he would have to judge them because of that. But he's giving them 400 years, four generations, that God here defines a generation as 100 years, uh, giving them 400 years to repent. God knows they're not going to, but he gives them that because he's given us a free will. He's also all-knowing. Uh, so that puts an end to the debate of whether you're predestined or whether you have a free will because God is all-knowing, but he's given the free choice. So he it's both. <laughs> Little bunny trail again. But in the fourth generation, they shall return here. So the people... Uh, the descendants of Abram will return to the land that is promised them uh, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. So God waited 400 years before he brought judgment on the Amorites. So in the same way, back in Daniel chapter 8, verse 23, again, in the latter time of their kingdom, when the transgressors have reached their fullness, so that is when uh, God will have to bring judgment because the expression of sin will be at its fullness. Uh, what happens then? A king shall arise. Uh, so let me pause in chapter 8, go back over to chapter 9. Verse 26, After the 62 weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince who is to come. So the prince who is to come is the same guy that's talked about in uh chapter 8 of Daniel, a king shall arise, as the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. Now, this is the city of uh, Jerusalem, uh, and the temple is going to be destroyed. The end of it shall be with a flood. Until the end of the war, desolations are determined. Then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. So the the temple, the people of the prince, uh, I, I kind of uh, <laughs> uh, skipped ahead here too big. So the people of the prince, uh, there's other passages in scripture that talk about the location of the world uh, that the Antichrist is going to come from. And uh, we see in the visions that Daniel had that he comes out of the remnants of the Roman Empire. Now, the Roman Empire uh, spanned the vast portions of the globe, uh, certainly were in control of the known world at the time, uh, was split into two separate uh, empires. Uh, the Eastern actually lasted a whole lot longer into the 1400s, whereas uh, the Western Roman Empire ended hundreds of years before that. Uh, so the people of the prince who is to come, so the people uh, is the Roman Empire of the prince who is to come. The prince is the Antichrist who's, who's going to be coming. But the people, the Roman Empire, they destroy the city and the sanctuary. So that happens in 70 AD under the Emperor Titus. 
the end of it shall be with a flood uh, until the end of the war desolations are determined then he now this is speaking about that prince the people of the prince the prince is the he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week so again the week is seven years in this context he the antichrist shall confirm a covenant he's going to make a treaty with many nations and israel for seven years so that is what we are looking for as the start of the seven year end time period leading up to the return of christ uh, there's a lot in the news lately about uh, peace being established slowly in the Middle East. Uh, we have the reports of uh, uh, Bahrain and uh, United Arab Emirates and the uh, Sudan, uh, Sudan uh, having normalized relations with Israel. There is going to be, yet in the future, uh, but I, I don't know how far away, I, I don't think it's very far away, but there will be a point where a peace treaty will be established with the nation of Israel for a seven-year period, specifically a seven-year period. And this is a covenant that is going to allow the Jewish state to rebuild the temple and re-establish the temple worship system. Uh, this is, there has to be a rebuilt Jewish temple in the city of Jerusalem for Jesus to be able to come and all of the prophecies that relate to that be able to be fulfilled. So that is what we are looking for. We're in the birth pains, that first time frame, leading up to a covenant that will be signed between the nations surrounding Israel and Israel itself. Uh, now, we may or may not know specifically who the Antichrist is at that signing. A lot of people think that the Antichrist is is going to be the, the front uh, person, uh, the obvious person. Uh, we're not told necessarily in Scripture that we will know specifically uh, who the the Antichrist is identified as. Now, I, I think the church will have a pretty good idea, but the specific revealing of the Antichrist, Scripture talks about in the next portion of this verse, which starts the third and final prophetic time frame. So uh, before I mention that, I want to recap. First time frame is the birth pains leading up to the start of the seven years. Starts with a covenant that is signed between Israel and the nations for seven years. Allows for the temple to be rebuilt and the worship in the temple to be reestablished. This is known in scripture as the counterfeit world of peace. Um, the people saying peace and safety, but then sudden destruction comes. And... Um, so verse 27, Daniel chapter 9. Then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week, but in the middle of the week he shall bring an end to sacrifice 
and offering. So he's establishing a covenant for one week, seven years. In the middle of that, so seven divided by two is three and a half. So in the middle of the week, three and a half years into the uh, tribulation, he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. So the Antichrist will bring an end to it. And then it says, and on the wing of abominations shall be one who makes desolate. So it's going to be uh, abominations, which is things that are so uh, grievous against God and his law and his ways. There is one, the Antichrist, who makes desolate, brings war and destruction, even until the consummation. Consummation is when Jesus comes, which is determined, is poured out on the desolate. So if you back up to chapter 8 of Daniel, you see uh, even more description of what this Antichrist is going to be like, what his character traits are. So again, with verse 23, I read a part of that already. In the latter time of their kingdom, when the transgressors have reached their fullness, a king shall arise, having fierce features, fierce features, who understands sinister schemes. So he's a schemer. He's very intelligent. He's scheming behind the scenes. His power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. He has demonic power. Satan actually gives his authority to uh, the Antichrist uh, in the middle of that seven years, three and a half years into the tribulation. He shall destroy fearfully, it says. So there, there's great fear in the hearts of people when they, uh, when they see what this evil man is doing. And he shall prosper and thrive. He shall destroy the mighty and also the holy people. So there's going to be uh, a uh, there's going to be martyrdom. There's going to be uh, a um, uh, a definite battle that is raging uh, spiritually as well as physically. Uh, then verse 25 says, Through his cunning he shall cause deceit to prosper under his hand, and he shall magnify himself in his heart. He shall destroy many in their prosperity. He shall even rise against the prince of princes, so against Jesus. But he shall be broken without human hands. So he's not going to win. This this whole thing is decreed. Uh, he will have a very short time of power. He's just going to be in power for three and a half years. Uh, so we can we can rest in that uh, promise. Most wars are longer than that uh, in in present day. And the vision of the evenings and mornings, which was told, is true. Therefore, seal up the vision, for it refers to many days in the future. So this was all given to Daniel uh, as he is um, uh, looking at what God is telling him in reference to how the whole history of the world is going to unfold for the people of Israel in particular. So um, let me recap again. First time frame is the birth pains. I believe we are in the birth pains leading up to the start of the seven years, that last week of years in the book of Daniel chapter 9, first time frame in that seven years, so the second time frame total, is the counterfeit world peace. And this is uh, started with that covenant that is signed by the 
nation of Israel with surrounding nations, Antichrist will be uh, involved in uh, bringing about that treaty. Uh, he will probably be one of the main signatories of that treaty. But that third time frame in scripture is called the Great Tribulation. And that starts at the three and a half year mark with an event that is known as the abomination of desolation. Uh, Jesus referenced this in Matthew 24, verses 15 through 22. Jesus is speaking, he says, When you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place. So that, that is the starting point of that, three, that final three and a half years. That's when Antichrist is revealed very clearly. Uh, everybody will know he is the Antichrist. Well, they, they won't. The world won't see him as the Antichrist. They will see him as a great ruler worthy of their worship. Uh, and that is his desire. He is going to set himself up in the Jewish temple as if he were God. He's going to say, I am God. He's going to demand people's worship. Uh, and we'll, we'll talk about the details of that when we get to the book of Revelation. A lot of contents in that with the mark of the beast and the worship of the image that is set up. Uh, a breathing image, a demonic image. Um, so we, we will talk about that in more detail. But I wanted to complete the time frame study with you. Uh, just to give you an overview of the basic timeline of what is taking place. So let me recap it. Birth pains is where we're at now. Uh, there will be a signing of a covenant, a treaty, a peace treaty that will usher in a time of false peace and safety uh, that the world will say, hey, there's no more war, there's no more terrorism. We are finally safe and at peace with one another. And then uh, three and a half years into that, the Jewish temple will have been rebuilt. Uh, Jewish sacrifices will have been reinstated in the temple. And then Antichrist comes in. He suddenly sets himself up to be God in the Jewish temple. Uh, he destroys the or ends the, uh, the sacrifices that, that are in the Jewish temple. He forces people to worship him or else. Uh, and then at the end of that final three and a half years, the end of the seven years total is when Jesus comes again. And during that final three and a half years, uh, leading up to the return of Christ is when the seal judgments, trumpet judgments, and bowl judgments are being poured out. Uh, the, I, the bowl judgments will be poured out in the final 30 days uh, is what I believe uh, that Daniel talks about uh, at the end of the book of Daniel. Um, so, and we'll, we'll talk about that. Like I said, we're going to start uh, studying through the book of Daniel. But I wanted to complete that whole time frame so that you have an overview of what is happening as we delve into more of the details of God's prophetic calendar. I uh, hope you've enjoyed this teaching. I uh, certainly look forward to uh, continuing this journey with you. And uh, I pray that God blesses you and that you share what you're learning with others.